0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the best hockey podcast in all the land. It is on the power play. We are approaching training camp, ladies and gentlemen. And the hockey vibes are going it because we have plenty of news to talk about. It's your boy, Matt Fisher, coming to you live. Not live, but we're here.
1: Pseudo live. It's your boy, Adam Live via satellite.
0: yes. (laughs) How are you, Adam? I'm doing all right, Fish. It's it's good to be back because
1: I'm back. Yes, Baseball's he's back.
0: over. He's back. He doesn't have to work for the Rail Riders, which I hope you had fun. Oh yeah, I'm um, going.
1: I'm going back next season. There's no doubt about it. Going back next season.
0: As you can tell by my voice, we are missing our one and only Mr. Brian Bingman. He might or may not join us. He's in a predicament where he's rushing home, so he may or may not join us.
1: Respectfully, respectfully rushing home. He's not breaking any laws. PA State Troopers, or where, but wherever
0: he is. We have a very special guest. Ooh. A very special guest. Ooh. I think making his on the power play debut, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, I, yeah. I am. He yeah. is making there the on the is. power play debut. Our Ohio buddy. He's rocking the <laughs> Guardians with the Bengals flag. He is as Ohio as Ohio can get. Mr. Jason Greenberg. Jason, what's up, man? Welcome to On the Power Play. How's it
2: going, Fish?
0: Thanks Dude, for I'm, having me. I'm happy to see you. Not only because I haven't talked to you in a while, other than through the group chat, but you're you're our anchor. We are <laughs> you are here for a reason.
2: Oh
1: a
0: yeah, big reason because we want to know
1: your opinion on Brad Marchand being named captain of the Boston <laughs> Bruins. <laughs>
0: oh, we yes. will get that opinion <laughs> later on the show, but. As we talk about Mr. Jason being from Ohio, his favorite hockey team is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And boy, are they ravaging the news as of late. <laughs> so, a week. Huh? We, I wanted to come on here. I feel like we, I need to make a form what apology because last week we were talking about the whole Mike Babcock situation with spinning chiclets. Bing and I kind of agreed with each other that we thought that Spin Chicklets was kind of pushing something that might be blown out of proportion that is probably not what it actually is. But! (laughs) That's a big but. Surprise! uh, NHL did an investigation in this matter of Mike Babcock looking into his players' phones, and apparently it, it is what they predicted. So I want to say, from on the power play, the spin chick list, we are sorry for thinking you were pushing a narrative that was a little over the top. I, I, but they right at the end of the day, they were. The public was pretty right. I mean, it, it's kinda weird the whole situation. we're gonna get into it, but the whole situation, it's like you you talk to like Boone Jenner and then Johnny Gaudreau, the like quote unquote veterans of the team. They are the veterans of the team. And they talk What's about the situation. Right. But they talk about the situation and it's like, you know, they kinda like, you know, downplay, like it wasn't that big of a deal. But, as this investigation went the the real poison was with the young players and boy, everything was true. apparently Mike Babcock forced them to give turn over their phones, he looked through their photo gallery as long as they wanted, without saying anything, just kept scrolling and scrolling um. A really sad situation. I just want to say that this. this is a really, really sad situation because the NHL, like I say, Adam say, like they need to start getting good juju so people can watch us. And when you get these little headlines, like because, you know, right now, like the main headlines are football. You know, playoff baseball coming around the corner. Like, those are the main headlines in sports. And then you get the little side headlines of, like, on the side page. <laughs> and when you see the only real hockey news being this, it's a really, really bad look. Such a bad look. But You know I'm what's... Just... I'll go yeah. ahead, Jason.
2: Yeah, you know what's, like, the funniest part about it is, like, the NHL ran that ad campaign last year, I think it was where they're like, no drama, just hockey. It was for ESPN+. And this this offseason, it's been all drama, no hockey for the NHL.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mostly drama. I mean
1: it's not like a lockout year or anything, because that would just destroy them.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, the NHL can't do another lockout. They they can't. They need they need to realize they can't do another lockout. But we're not talking about lockouts. <laughs> we're talking about Mike Babcock and the Columbus yeah. Jackets. Uh, you, Jason. I mean, you had the floor, man. This is your team. Uh, obviously, we've talked in the gr- in our group chats about the hiring of Mike Babcock. I we've understood your displeasures with the hiring from the start how much you (laughs) despised it man wrote Um, a novel after he was fired (laughs) yeah
2: oh it was it was that's one of my greatest pieces of work just just so we're putting it out there my rant after babcock got fired i don't think i could have put it any better i I agree yeah yeah so so jason
0: we will continue to discuss, but right now you have the floor. This is your moment on on the power play. Welcome, thank you. Throwing you right into the fire, but... <laughs> Yeah, Really, what a right what a to debut. <laughs> um, what's your what's your outlook on just everything involving this situation?
2: Yeah. Um. So even taking it back to when Babcock was first rumored to 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 become the head coach before it was even like. Officially signed off on Um, because what a lot of people don't remember is the report came out that Babcock was going to be hired as the blue Jackets head coach, like a month before pen hit paper. And when that news, yeah, yeah, when that news first broke that it was even a potential, there were a lot of upset blue Jackets fans. And for good reason. Um, You know, we are maybe a year removed from when all the news about Mitch Marner had came out with Babcock and, you know, we just saw everything that happened with Chicago Quenville having to be fired midseason with Florida. And there's just so much that is, you know, happened in the coaching world and for the jackets to pick Mike Babcock, when there were so many better options, not only just for the team, but just out there in general, that probably deserved more of a chance than Mike Babcock it was almost like a slap in the face and you know anyone could have seen this coming especially with how the Blue Jackets roster is made up currently um, you know the team is entirely made up of young players there's five or six guys who have been around the league for at least a decade plus or so you've got like Boone Jenner Johnny Goudreau who wasn't even on the team before last year Patrick Line, who you consider a veteran because he's been in the league since 2016 but
0: he's better he's a better still, yeah still he's yeah in he's, a d- he's in triple digits for games played yeah
2: and then you have like eric goodbranson who again brand new to the team and you have zach Ransky, who's been with the team since 2015 technically 2016 and so you know this this and team the outside of those guys and then the
0: additions like ivan pro who is yeah. i like, consider a veteran in the nhl
2: yeah damon severson those guys are brand new to the team, though, and haven't really been around, you know, the Jackets culture. And I'll be honest, the ja- the way the Jackets designed their team over the last 10, 15 years is very different from any franchise in the National Hockey League, outside of what the Flyers are probably about to go through with the Tortorella era. Um, but just the roster construction that the Jackets have always had has been a lot more emphasis on dump and chase, grinders, hockey. And this is the first time since probably 2009 that the team is made up of mostly young players. You know, you got Kent Johnson, Krill Marchenko, Igor Chinnikov, Cole Sillinger, um, Adam Fantilli, you know, Hi. coming in just this year, you have so many, you know, young players coming in that hiring someone like Matt, Mike Babcock was probably the worst hire you can make from the start. And, The other point to it is the guy who is now about to take over for Mike Babcock, Pascal Vincent, was their original first choice. And so this all could have been avoided if they decided to go with Pascal Vincent in the first place. They've interviewed him for the head coaching position twice over the last three years. And so, yeah, they originally were trying to hire him. Like they interviewed him when they interviewed Brad Larson. Um, but the issue was Brad Larson had a much higher knowledge of the team because he had been around Tortorella for such a long time. So that's why they went with him, but it's just, you know, for, you know, I, Frank Savali, I think is the one who said this and he put this in probably the best way that I could have ever described it. The blue jackets are one of the most irrelevant franchises in the national hockey league. And this definitely just made them well, well, you know, some people will say good bad PR is good PR. Any PR is PR. This is probably one of the biggest black eyes the Jackets could have given themselves, this whole situation.
0: I'd have to agree with that. I mean, you look at a kind of like, you know, they have, you know, these players, Johnny Gaudreau in the peak of their career, Boone Jenner, peak of their career, you know, Patrick Line, peak of their career, Zach Rensky, peak of their career. Like, they're supposed to be... "Quote unquote, going for it. Like you have to be go look for to be a playoff team now, you know. And then I thought, you know, getting Provorov was a good move to doing that. Like you added a one A, one B type defenseman that can go with Rorensky or go on the second pairing and be a really pwn and a guy who, you know, I I loved Provier as fly, I really did, but." there's probably a good chance he wanted out of here and wanted for a fresh start. Um, And it just kind of, you know, this might even just be a scenario where it might bring the locker room closer together, but that's the thing. Like the season hasn't even started yet.
2: They didn't even get to training camp. And I think that's the big thing that a lot of, you know, fans were, you know, mad about firing him right away. But the issue was, was this wasn't going to go away. This was going to hang over the team for the whole season and with these young players and with what Mike Babcock did. You know, there's a lot of trust issues in the locker room. And while I think this probably will bring them closer together because obviously when the young players are running to Paul Bissonnette and Ryan Whitney over Boone Jenner and, you know, Zach Rensky as leaders in the locker room, it's it's not a great yeah, scenario, but that gives you a, a chance to... Yeah, gives you a chance to kinda, of, you know, reel it in the locker room and say, Hey, we're sorry for what happened. Um but now it's go time, training camp starts tomorrow.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. I think that's the crazy thing though, because <clears throat> I was listening to uh Biz was on um the what's his name, Alan Walsh's podcast today? Yeah. Um and he was talking about the situation, obviously. Um, And from the sounds of it, it wasn't even a Blue Jacket player that kicked this whole thing off. It was somebody that had been under Babcock before and was like, hey, this is something that you might want to squeeze in there. And then it just snowballed. Yeah. Um, So the the whole thing, I, I wasn't here, sadly, to actually talk about it when it first came out. So I have... Nothing to apologize for, Fish. I don't know what you're talking about. That was all you guys. Uh, No, no, I am (laughs) apologizing
0: for myself and Mr. Brian Bingham. I I am apologizing. Bing might might come here and be like, You're not apologizing for me. I'm not apologizing (laughs) to those guys. But I feel like we. No, I know. We didn't believe that what they were saying was quote unquote accurate. But it was.
2: And I'll be honest, even when I first, you know, heard the report, I didn't make anything of it at first, you know, I, I, I chalked it up to, well, I'll be honest, I chalked it up to exactly what happened, but I didn't think it was going to be to the extent that they ended up reporting that he was, you know, bringing them to their house, going through their phone and then kicking them out before lunch was even served.
1: Yeah. That um, that, that story <laughs> in and of itself is wild.
2: Yeah. But, you know, I thought it was just he brought him into the video room, and said, hey, I'm your new coach. Introduction, shake hands, plug your phone in, want to get to know you a little bit better. Um, just show me some photos. And then the young guys, obviously, with stuff on their phone, don't want that shown, uh, especially to a room full of video coaches. Um, so I just chalked it up to, you know, young players are going to have things on their phones that they shouldn't. And the older players aren't. And so a lot of the older players were fine with it because they didn't think about the young players having bad things on their phone. But then turns out that no, no Mike Babcock was actually intentionally spying and being a creep to them. And it was going to be a distraction the whole year. And it if it wasn't now, it was going to be at some point during the season. And so I'm just, as a Jackets fan, I'm thankful that he's gone now. It's it's over with, he's gone that distraction is out of the way and then hopefully team pulls it together and potentially competes for a wild card spot because before all this happened, that was where people thought we were potentially going to finish. But you never know. The NHL is, you know, changes on a dime. So
0: big time. And of course, John Tortorella doesn't have to worry about anyone competing for him being the best Blue Jackets coach in, in their franchise history.
2: No, oh, not at all. There's. I don't,
0: th- I don't think Torch was thinking <laughs> about that to be. Oh, honest. I, I
2: doubt he's thinking about the jackets at all at this point. But we do miss him. If there's uh, if there's a coach that we would want back, it would be him.
1: I could believe
0: that. I'm happy we haven't. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a scenario that you don't even even fathom. Like you can't even fathom in any sport being in a scenario. Maybe, like, basketball because you have small locker rooms. But, like, like football is just too big. The locker rooms are just too big. Like, you barely, you barely get a chance to sit one-on-one with a coach. Just the fact that, like, he could ask you to look through your phone. Then again, NFL players are savages, and they probably yeah. got yeah. so much shit on their phone. And if yeah, they if, if a coach were to online. go through it, he <laughs> would probably find exactly what he would be looking for in Matter of like five seconds, yeah. um but it's a scenario where it's like i I don't understand what Mike Babcock was truly thinking.
2: well, I'll be like- honest when I think about it, I don't think he was thinking. I think he was just going back to what he used to do in De- Toronto and Detroit, and you know, even stories of him in Anaheim back in like two thousand and three. It just seems like you know he he has his way of thinking. And he didn't think he had any problem within, so he just decided to go through players'
0: phones. What's what's wrong with that, right? It's uh, I I find it hard to believe he. I mean he. I, they did have the twenty four seven when he was with uh Detroit, and he, he showed kind of his true emotion. But that locker room, I mean, they had so many veterans on that locker room from Datsue to. I think Lidstrom was still there to, uh, you know, you you look at, um, you know, just about but, Chelios was still there, a lot of big time veterans. So I I find it hard to believe he was doing any of this cookie cutter bullshit with, you know, veterans on that team. But at the end of the day, I you, you saw on twenty four seven, you know, him kind of treating the uh, camera the camera staff like absolute shit i do remember him kicking them out of the locker room i do yeah. remember that I, for, I forgot about that actually Yeah. i
2: was so one thing that i was going to bring up is you know cell phones obviously aren't new in a lot of our lives but like back in 2014 which i believe is when that year's 24 7 came out uh, i think it a was, lot of those I think guys it was early.
0: i think it was early. i'm pretty sure because it was the road, it was leafs red wings right Leafs, Red Wings, but that was... Yeah, that like, would have been
2: 14, I thought.
0: No, that's not... That was way before 14. That was, like, in uh, 2009. Okay. Yeah.
2: Like, 2008, yeah, 2009. Even when you think about it, no matter how far back it was, you know, a lot of those guys who were, you know, veterans like Lidstrom, Zetterberg, Dadsuk, you know, those guys, even back then, were, like, in their early 30s. They're not going to have iPhones with big f- storage Photo storage on there. A lot nudes of those guys are him. still
0: rocking flip phones. Nudes on them. I guarantee you, he found like at least twelve to twenty-four nudes on all these young players' phones. oh no. <laughs> Just scrolling, oh. just nude, nude, nude. Like
2: originally, you know, and this is just pure speculation. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like potential players that could have had anything on their phone.
0: Oh, you from, better like, believe, this like offseason, fucking had shit on his phone. So I was girls- thinking
2: players like Cole Sillinger because he's been in the news recently. Um and, Yeah, a complete other story there if, you, if you've seen anything about that. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to, like, obviously there's a lot of stuff on these young players' phones that they did not want Babcock to see that I'm sure Babcock was able to get his hands on and definitely made the situation very uncomfortable. I mean... If there wasn't anything bad on the phone, do you think they would he would have let him stay for lunch
0: at least? That's a good question uh probably, yeah. probably not. He's probably just he won he probably had an intention of just seeing what he wanted to see and then not treating them like humans and not giving a shit um yeah it's it's a crazy situation. I mean you know everyone would point like fingers at like. I'm like, oh, this is something Torts would do. But like, Torts gets, Torts actually is human and cares about his players. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, this, this, Mike Babcock shows that he really doesn't give a fuck about his players I
1: think at his, all. I don't even know if it's so much that it's, he likes to play mind games. Yeah. Is my understanding. And, like, Tortorella, if we want to make that comparison, doesn't give me that vibe. Like, he gives it to you straight like babcock would but babcock will do it in a like here's a map to find treasure and it's those squiggle lines like what you have to go you see in cartoons where they do like loop-de-loops and shit to get to wherever they're going
2: it's 39 clues where you have to go find each you have to find the next clue to find the clue that'll eventually find you to the answer and it's, it's funny that you guys bring up tortorella though uh, go ahead. You go ahead and finish your point. And then I want to touch on Tortorella. Well,
1: I was going to say for Tortorella, it's literally like, here's what you did wrong. Fix it, and if you don't, you're fucked. It's actually probably exactly how he would put it too. <laughs> if Likely, that,
2: if you go back, it's funny that we're bringing up NHL 24/7 because there was the Road to the Winter Classic for 2012 when it was Philadelphia versus the Rangers. I was at that game. You were at that game. That was that was an incredible game. Um. It's it's funny because I remember a lot of those moments where it shows Tortorella being such a hard ass in the locker room and getting all up on like McDonough and you know Michael Delzato's, like getting up their ass about everything. And it's it's I mean, so funny because there's so there's different ways to to be a coach. And while Tortorella is an absolute hard ass. There are so many moments from both his time with the blue jackets and with the Rangers that you can point back to and say, this is one of the softest, nicest guys you'll ever meet. But when it's on, he is on fire. And it's funny because I feel like Mike Babcock is the exact opposite. When the game's off, he is the worst person hates you is cursing you out, trying to spy on you, trying to get in your head, play mind games. And the second the game is on, and you're on the ice. He has your back. It's almost complete opposites to me.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good, pretty good visual of it. Um. Yeah, I mean Mike Babcock. I mean, there's a reason he he hasn't been coaching in the NHL for a long time. I mean, you hear story. I mean, I brought up on last podcast, but when he was in Toronto, he had what Mitch Marner. Stand up in the locker room and list off all the teammates he thought was the hardest workers. Yeah, I'm like who the fuck does that?
2: Someone who tries to alienate and embarrasses young players, which and point. who likes to
1: play mind games. Yeah, literally, literally what it comes down to is he wants—I don't want to say he wants control, but that's basically like the best way you can put it. He wants control over everything.
2: And that's just another reason why he was the absolute worst choice for the Jackets because the Jackets right now have just at, at the top of the organization, there's just such a like hierarchy of power where Yarma wants all the power. JD wants all the power. Now you had Mike Babcock wanting all the power and the players are going to want the power when the, the younger players are going to want the power. It's just, it's a such question, a power Jason? struggle.
0: Yeah. The last coach, uh, Brad, Brad, I forget. I forget his last name. Larson. Brad, Brad Larson. Larson. I didn't think he was all that bad. I, I thought he was a pretty good coach. Obviously, I'm saying this because you know he was assistant to John Tortorella, kind of yeah, the same mold. But I really like looking at him. Like I didn't think he was like "quote unquote" the reason the Blue Jackets finished well below their expectations last year.
1: But they—that's so... what
0: happens, and that's the re—that's the answer to. Falling below expectations. Yeah.
2: And it's it's twofold. And the Jackets roster last year was absolutely decimated. There was there's was two, maybe one good defenseman on the team. Elvis was struggling, which he's been struggling for the last few years. And on offense, the only players that were playing that were healthy was Johnny Goudreau and That was pretty much it. Everybody else regressed like the year before. It's funny because the year before the Jackets actually they were the last team out in the Eastern conference and, you know, Cole Sillinger was producing well, Ken Johnson played like eight games and I think he only had like two assists, but he looked really good on the ice. And, you know, you think he's going to figure it out. Igor Chinnikov played really, really well. And last year, nobody played well. And, you know, it was a very young team. Everybody got hurt. You know, you lost Worenski, who I'd argue is the most important piece to the team,
0: before More the season likely, even yeah. started. More than likely, or, he's the most important, most important yeah. person. Yeah. yeah,
2: it it was maybe like a week into the season. I can't remember exactly when he got hurt, but he missed pretty much the whole season. And when you like think on it, Brad Larson came under fire a lot when he was the assistant coach to Tortorella because his power play – sucked we were the worst power play team in the nhl for probably all of tortorella's duration after his like first season or so even, uh, with, even with even Panarin with and Panarin, atkinson we were brutal for a long time on the power play and a, and a big reason for that was because of brad larson's tactics and the way that they tried to do zone entries was just not working they were trying to go backwards to go forwards and they continued that under Brad Larson, that same tactics and mentality. And while Brad Larson was a great players coach, to an extent, um, him and Patrick Linea got into it pretty hard in Patrick Line's, I think, third game for the Jackets. Uh, to the point where Linea was benched for the entire game after the first period. Um, but Brad Larson's actual coaching tactics, on-ice tactics, were miserable. But as a locker room guy, he had your back. And that was one of the best pieces about him. And I think that's where, you know, there's players, coaches, which Ohio has a lot of problems with players, coaches and terrible tactics Um, (laughs) going to, you know, the Cavs, the Bengals. All the teams have that issue. Um, Even Ohio State has that issue at the moment and they win they win well ohio state wins but it's not because of Ryan Day in fact they lose more games than they win should win because of Ryan Day um but even just going back to the point with the jackets is a player's coach is only going to take you so far when your talent isn't there yet and so Brad Larson is average to below average in terms of NHL coaching level and getting rid of him, I believe, was the right move. Just hiring Babcock was the worst move they could have made. If they fired Brad Larson and hired any of the other candidates that were out there, it would have been a net positive. But going through everything with the Babcock situation, it's it's a it's it's just a giant question mark at this point. Coaching is going to be a question mark.
0: Yeah, are and um, I, I hope – I mean, I, I'm a Flyer fan, so I can't say I hope <laughs> things get better for the Blue Jackets because we're division rivals. Um, but, you know – Are the, we like, rivals? I mean, we're, we're. I say every team you play in your division are your rivals because when you play them, those are the biggest games of the season. But then again, the Flyers and the Blue Jackets, if you look at the history, make trades with each other for
2: Sergey Bobrovsky, Sergei Bobrovsky
0: Jeff Carter, Jeff Korachek, <laughs> Cam Atkinson, Kim Atkinson, yep. 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 The list goes on and on. What I'm hearing the is yes, Flyers, they are the Blue Jackets' legit <laughs> trade players. Like, I think that's like the first person the Rovarov even Jackets. just Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The, it's they're basically have each other on speed dial come off season. It's like I right, like yeah. Look at your roster, look at my roster. Let's we'll, we'll see what I can have.
2: Oh, we forgot Flyers legend Steve Mason in all of this.
0: Oh, Steve Mason. I think I have a puck signed by Steve Mason somewhere around I here. I have like three posters in
2: my childhood basement signed by Steve Mason. Yes. So it's
0: interesting. Yes. um, But, I mean, you look at the scenario, Um, obviously time heals all. We're yeah. going to be going through quarter to halfway through the year and we're, we're gonna be like oh remember when mike Babcock went through all these guys phones and fucking just you know, split open a rock room and got fired or you know resigned before you even coached,
2: coached a game, the game? We, even a preseason game we
0: quite yeah. literally watch someone's
1: career end in the span of a week because there's no way he's getting another job now
2: oh there's he's if, done. If any NHL team even considers hiring Mike Babcock at this point, it's it's just game over. Stupid Fold the franchise and pack it up.
0: Right. Um. But you, I mean, you think about it. Is at the end of the day, like that shit. Ha- that shit happens in all sports. Like people go ex- extinct all the time. That's I don't think I've heard of another coach going through this in another... Actually... You can't, you can't say another coach has ever been fired Jason, or resigned. Jason has from...
1: one. Jason has one.
0: <laughs> it's, it's actually
2: hilarious. Um, because it's it's not the exact same situation, but it is, it is very, very similar. Um, it's... It's different, but similar. Uh, and it, it stays in Ohio. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers had John Beeline as their... <laughs> head coach, I can't remember exactly what he did. It was either really bad remarks and just something awful he said, to players, but it got him fired, and they just ended up promoting the person under him, which was who they were going to hire anyways, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, who is actually the current head coach of the Cavaliers and has led them to the playoffs. So maybe that's the the roadmap, that's the blueprint, and we can maybe be sitting here and – what nine months from now, and say Pascal Vincent is a uh, Stanley Cup champion with the Columbus Blue Jackets?
0: Uh, I don't think any team from the <laughs> Eastern Conference is gonna win the Stanley Cup in no within a couple years. No, cup staying out west. I but, don't know, man. I think the Devils and the Rangers could make a make a run. I don't think so. I I, I have I have teams out west over most teams in the East, but that's a topic for another day because. We have a ton to talk about. We knew the Mike Babcock situation was going to take up most of the time, and it did. But we still got plenty to talk about because moving on to one of the NHL's biggest sponsors, one of the newest biggest sponsors had just filed for bankruptcy, and that is BioSteel. And I don't know, you know, some people might not be familiar with BioSteel because they are still relatively new steel is a performance drink that is basically like Gatorade just you know it's an electrolyte electrolyte drink um that the any that they, they became the primary sponsor of the NHL I mean if you watch hockey like I'm obviously you listening to this podcast so you watch the NHL and you watch hockey it's all over the place it's all on the bench it's on the boards your- it's on the boards. It's everywhere. And they just filed for bankruptcy. And the amount owed, the debts owed to the, fran- the franchisees or leagues that Biosteel is is sponsored or it has partnership is massive. And the top of that list is the National Hockey League. I and see. I just really... <laughs> I really want to point my finger to Gary Bettman because at the end of the day, it's like you're the person that's going to make or break this fucking leap. And it's either going to grow or it's just going to stay stagnant. And when you get situations, you know, obviously shit you can't really control like the Mike Babcock situation is one thing. But when you have something like this in biosteel, and you're trying to promote it, and it falls flat on the face. And now they owe you, I believe, eight point two million dollars. Uh, yeah. No, actually, no? how much? Eight
1: point seven million. Eight point
0: seven million. Jesus, they that's insane. Sidney
2: Crosby number right there.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. He owes the NHL that much money. And to be fair, that's pennies on the dollar for. When we're talking about sports league. But that's not the point. The point is. You need your sponsors. To promote your game. Or your league. And when they fall flat on the face. You stay stagnant. And at the end of the day. It's like this league. Desperately needs to grow. And shit like this. Is preventing it from growing. Yeah. So you guys had the floor. Because I could. I, Freaking, I could go Homer Simpson on Bart Simpson with Gary Bettman and <laughs> this shit right now, by my freaking neck, and be like, "Why can't you just?" It's like these. Are you just gonna ride your high horse on Vegas and Seattle and be like, "Oh, at least I made two good expansion teams." Like, brah, like brah. Come oh, on, man. you guys have the floor. Take take it away.
2: Oh man. Um. Well, I could start by saying. Bio steel actually pretty good if you've ever had the drink. I actually do enjoy it. I buy it. It's at my local grocery store. I go in there. I buy like six at a time. They're like a yeah. dollar. Like yeah. They're like a dollar. Yeah. They're like a dollar. It's fuck? six, like, oh, like, yeah. They're not like big. They're like milk I cartons, saw, but yeah. like double saw, the size. I saw the
1: pictures of them.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, I enjoy getting them. I think they're great. They have good flavors. It's easier to carry than, you know, the new Gatorade bottles that are like double the width that they used to be and like half the height that they were, like just weird shapes. But Fish, you're exactly correct. It's it's annoying to see this league continue to fail at some of the easiest pieces of marketing and as someone who is a marketing major ooh, it's it's frustrating because you know you see when you think of Gatorade you think of the NFL you think of the NBA those are the two true leagues that you think of and why is that because you have J.J. Watt in Gatorade commercials you had Peyton Manning promoting Gatorade you hey, had you boy, your boy
0: my boy, boy. LeBron
2: James. Oh, yeah. Well, like I was, yeah, I was going to get to NBA. You have LeBron, you had Michael. Everybody who is a famous athlete in the NFL and NBA is very synonymous with Gatorade. You know, you have the Gatorade bath in football. And and we, like we call it a Gatorade bath, you don't call it an ice bath or a drink bath, you think you call it a drink Gatorade bath, bath when I'm it a they drink win the,
0: bath. exactly exactly
2: you call it a Gatorade <laughs> bath when they win the Super Bowl, and why is that because the most synonymous sports drink in the world is sponsoring the NFL, and it's you know the for a league that complains about money drives everything and that they don't have money. It's moves like this, moving away from Gatorade, moving away from Adidas, and moving to companies like Fanatics and BioSteel as your main revenue drivers outside of your TV deals. And no wonder why they're, you know, losing so much money and having a hard time attracting new fans. You know, it's, it's funny because if you go back to the beginnings of BioSteel, before they were even the NHL sponsor, you want to know who their biggest face was? Connor McDavid. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and now that deal's gone too. And that's the thing is, you know, Connor McDavid couldn't sell BioSteel, and you're telling me that the NHL was going to sell BioSteel to the point where they were going to be able to pay you that much money. And, you know, you know, there's two big players in the sports drinks market. You have Powerade, which is Coca-Cola, and you have Gatorade, which is Pepsi. Really? Both of them have their I think, Gator- I think
0: Gatorades pay Pepsi and. Powerade yeah, yeah, is Coca-Cola. I, I yeah, I digress. No, that is.
2: That's what I said, right?
0: No, you said the other way.
2: Oh, I, I yeah. meant, yeah. Powerade is Coca-Cola. Pepsi. Gatorade is Pepsi. No, Gatorade is Pepsi. Gatorade
0: is Pepsi? Gatorade is Pepsi. I know you, that for a fact. Does you like Pepsi? All right, all right, we're just, all right. I'm not a
2: Pepsi person. I'm oh, a okay. Coca-Cola person, so I do enjoy Powerade a bit more. But, Cheers. I, yeah, I digress. Either way, those two brands have the money to fall back and take a loss if the NHL isn't making them money. But that's not even the point. The point is Powerade or Gatorade is going to be able to sell their product through the NHL. The NHL is not going to be able to sell their product through Powerade or Gatorade. And so, and that's what a partnership is. There's one side is making money off of their fans, the other side is getting money from them to get their fans and that's what goes into those partnerships and the fact that the nhl continues to embarrass themselves in picking some of the wrong partners is just ridiculous and especially when they go bankrupt like this and now the league is owed that money with them declaring them bankruptcy are you ever going to see that no are you gonna have to pick you know mid-season a new sports drink you know provider for the nhl when you think of like the biggest nhl advertisers over the years the two that i think of are Bridgestone and Discover. And while those are big brands in their market, that's not driving in your revenue like Verizon does for the NFL. It's 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 just crazy some of the business decisions that Gary Bettman decides to make because I'm going to derail the conversation a bit Go just on. for this one point my friend and I like to joke all the time that Rob Manfred actively does not like baseball and he shouldn't be the commissioner of baseball because he hates baseball. Uh Gary Bettman is very similar, but he does love hockey. He just acts like he doesn't.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting way you can look at things. Um, Well, Rob, man, uh, we'll, we won't talk about baseball. <laughs> we, we'll just yeah. t- t- continue about hockey. I just uh, needed um, the point hello to, to take why I say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, you, you look at it like it really shouldn't be hard. And at the end of the day, it's like, what, what are you gonna? This should be the easy part of promoting your brand, your league, like having these companies. Like no, no one should be like. BioSteel, what the hell's BioSteel like? Plus, I, I got a funny story. Um, so BioSteel, so Carter Hart loved BioSteel so much he drank so much of it that he got. I think he he said he started getting sick from it, oh, and Jesus. he thought he he was diabetic, but he's like, no, you just drink it like way too much BioSteel. <laughs> but Add water um, into it, like yeah. Um, at the end of the day. It, this, hopefully this is one of the things where time heals itself. They find a new partner. They can grow the game through their new partner. But right now, it's like, you know, they just had a bio-steel camp like a couple of weeks ago with McDavid and now they added Bedard and, you know, a bunch of other NHL players. Now they're just bankrupt. And it's like, you know, when when is it gonna just finally click, Gary Batman? When is it finally gonna click? That it's like, oh, this plus this will equal profits instead of like, oh, if we promote this and if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, and this happens then the profits go. I'm like, no, it's it's not that complicated. It really isn't. And what do you think?
1: I honestly don't have that strong of an opinion. Uh It, it, it is, it'd it be what it is. It's the NHL being silly and stupid, like you guys have said. And I'm just waiting for the day where Gary Bettman comes up and says, hello and welcome the new sponsor of the NHL, Prime Energy Drink. Logan Paul, KSI, get up here. Because I know that's what's about to happen. I mean, they've been trying so long to get into the TikTok and the, the youth movement that it seems inevitable. Prime is already sponsoring the USC, so it's not like there's a, uh, uh, you know, it's coming out of nowhere. They're in the sports world. It's just a matter of time before someone else picks them up. And I feel like that'll be not as bad of a decision as BioSteel, but it's still going to be one of those, all right, when's the next controversy going to come around that the NHL is going to have to put a fire out for?
2: But Adam, do you think that would be a good thing for the league because they are going for that youth movement. And if they get prime energy, which, you know, I've seen stories of kids like begging their parents for prime energy drinks. Do you think that that would be a good thing for the league? Because that young audience will see that name attached
1: to the NHL and it will drive that audience. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've said it many a time. Fish has referenced it many a time that the league wants to grow the game. Like you got to get people that are not typically involved in hockey, involved in hockey. And I they've done a pretty good job getting people that I would have never expected to be hockey fans involved in the game. The biggest one would be like Will Ferrell and Snoop Dogg. I mean, granted, they're localized to the LA Kings, it's not like a league-wide thing, but still, like, those are two people I never would have expected to hear in a hockey broadcast calling a game. Like, what the hell is happening? But that's the stuff you need, and Prime would definitely do that. I mean, I work retail as my main job, and I have yet to see a bottle of Prime in my store. Really? It is not there. Now, that could just be because I live in Bumblefuck Nowhere, where it's not going to come in on a normal... Basis, but I have yet to see a bottle of prime in my store since it's been in retail stores. So interesting,
2: it's all over Cincinnati, I see it everywhere.
1: That doesn't surprise me simply because I'm pretty sure Logan is from Ohio originally. He is, so they're, I wouldn't be surprised. If, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just shove everything they can in there, but I can 100% see a timeline where Prime is a sponsor of the NHL and maybe it'll do good, maybe it won't. Time will tell. Uh, don't ask me how that's logistically going to work because I don't think you can squirt Prime bottles yet like they do Powerade and Gatorade. But hey, it's,
0: it's a you market have to, make to make a, a break in. Yeah,
1: which there's more marketing because then you could start breaking out into that. I mean, I've seen Gatorade bottles, empty ones for sale in stores before too. You go to so, Dick's Sporting Goods, there's yeah. a wall of them. So, I mean, that's where I see it going, Uh, because obviously they're going to have to get a new sponsor. I don't think they're going to keep BioSteel for next season. I'd be shocked. Like, this season they might have to, but next season I wouldn't be surprised if they've got somebody new. Maybe they pivot back to Gatorade. I doubt it, knowing how the NHL is, but you, you never know.
2: You know, what would be the craziest crossover would be if they did prime, if they, if they end up signing prime, prime plus fanatics, because fanatics does all those special like sponsors with like designers. Mm -hmm. Imagine a Logan Paul KSI fanatics, Jersey sponsorship that like Logan Paul or Jake Paul, whichever one it is. There's, I have hilarious stories about both. It's Logan. Okay. I have hilarious stories about both of them. Like being from Ohio, everybody has like a two person connection until you reach one of the Paul brothers. Um, it's like the five stages of yeah, Bacon. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like being from Ohio. The five um, stages of Paul. It's, it's incredible. God. But um, yeah, like imagine one of them dropping the puck at like a Tampa Bay Lightning game in a prime jersey. And it's like the special colors of the bottle. I could see that. we
1: were kind of joking about it. I could 100% see that happening. <laughs>
2: Like, I could too, and honestly, I hope I hope you're right, and I hope it happens.
0: Promote we're promoting the prime here. Um, I think I think prime wouldn't be that that bad. I mean, looking, I, I'm starting. Can't really think of other options, but like, I mean there's like really I said, not many.
1: Right. Like BioSteel, I feel like came out of left field, and I to be honest with you. They might have come in at a time where I wasn't watching for whatever reason, because I don't even remember the change. Like, I don't remember hearing about it. It just kind of one day I started noticing, hey, that's not a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, I think last year was the first year. I think I noticed it in NHL 23 or 4, to be perfectly honest with you. I was like, oh, shit, that's not a Gatorade bottle. What the fuck is that? Why are they throwing a milk carton on the ground? (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's, I I don't know, it's, there was a time where I said Gary Bettman might be the best commissioner of the major four sports. It's slowly trickling down, Um, especially completely, Jason, you thought you took this off the rails. I'm about to go even further. Have you, either of you watched the big shots 30 for 30 on ESPN?
2: That's the Spanos one, right? Yeah. That was I, so long ago. I think I watched it in, like, 2015 or something I like watched
1: that. it for the first time last night, and I was like, "Batman, what the fuck? How did you, of all Swindled. people, let that happen? And now I understand why the Ottawa Senator sale has yet to be finalized. <laughs> like, what the fuck? There's
2: so many 30 for 30s you can make just in... I mean, like, you can make one probably every year for, like, every sport. But can like, we get
1: one on Mike Babcock?
2: we probably could, but that's what I'm trying like. The point I'm trying to make is like the NHL has just so many moments that are undocumented. Like the NBA has film crews follow LeBron and like Katie and all these guys throughout the season. So like nothing goes undocumented that they don't want. And same with the NFL, with NFL films, like everything is filmed. You can't get away with it. NHL doesn't film anything without like there having to be something to lead up to like the winter classic. It's like it would be hilarious if the day Mike Babcock got hired with the Blue Jackets, they put a camera crew all over the place with the Blue Jackets, and then leading up to his firing would have been hilarious.
1: It would have been a very short series. (laughs) It would have been a very short (laughs) series, but it would have been
2: lots of money for the NHL when they released that footage.
1: That's why uh, we could kind of like start wrapping up too with this, but like that's why I hope so much for Ryan Reynolds to get the Ottawa Senators because of everything he's doing with Wrexham and how much that show has helped that team, imagine what that could have done for the NHL. The Leafs experimented with it, and the players hated it because NHL players are weird like that. The that Bruins have a great. really
2: good one. The Bruins have a really good one, and they do a really good job, which actually they just released a preview with their new captain, Segway, Ooh, hey, uh, look Brad at this guy. Marchand. Brad Marchand being named captain, they had a really good segment earlier about his first like address to the team and everything. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff, you know, I remember being in high school. I, I obviously being a blue jackets fan, detest the Pittsburgh Penguins and hated the Pittsburgh Penguins growing up, but they had James Neal on like NHL 36. And I loved that kind of stuff. All the behind the scenes, just loved watching that growing up. And so that's that's how I became, you know, fans of certain players. And, you know, that's what drives interest when you're, you know, a young high schooler. And that's what the
0: NHL really needs to do more of. We can agree more about perfect transition, Jason, because now we're going to start talking about some of the news that happened today. Um, obviously, a couple of days after you listen <laughs> to this to, today, Tuesday. We got some captains being named, boys. Um, well, actually, you know, lean into it. The Boston Bruins have named, to no surprise, the most lovable face in all of hockey. Brad Marchand has been named captain of the Boston Bruins. I'm going to make sure I know what number captain he is. Um I'm like pretty sure, something. I think 24, he's 24. twenty-seven. I'm pretty 24. sure he's the twenty-fourth captain. Um, yeah, around there, 27th captain makes sense. Uh, but Brad Marchand is the next captain, the Boston Bruins. I'm gonna go on the plane side and be like, I mean, that was kind of expected. Like all the people that have left yeah. so far. I mean marshy's that's still the veteran of that team it wasn't gonna be past even though fans love him there um marshan I think he'll do a good job uh you know being a face of the Boston Bruins I mean he's kind of has been for how much of a pest and how much people hate him um but it's also kind of a you know a tough thing for the Boston Bruins and Boston Bruins fans is like you kind of don't want your captain to be the guy who's always in the middle of the scrap. It's never like you. You never get the benefit of doubt when it comes to the referees. Like uh, you look at Dallas, uh, Jamie Benn. Like Jamie Benn is always in the middle of everything, and they never get the benefit of the doubt. But then you look at guys like Anze Kopitar. Like who's never really in in the middle of the, the middle of the scrap, and he has great rapport with the referees, so it's that kinda plays into it now you get more Shan is he gonna change no more likely no <laughs> he more doesn't likely, change for anyone change. yeah even more likely this isn't gonna make him change um but I'm interested to see kinda how he he you know becomes captain. What do
1: you guys think? Uh, I'm going to completely disagree with you because of any player that gets the biggest benefit of the doubt from the referees. It's Brad Marchand. He is in their pockets like you wouldn't believe. I don't know what you're talking about, fit. <laughs> Brad Marchand is, if he's not sleeping with the referees, I don't know how he gets away with half the shit he gets away with. And all refute- still
0: gets He still gets suspended more than anyone who plays a game. I don't right know now. about that either. I don't know That's, about what that. Was his That's true. Suspension. You got suspended this year or Did last he? Yeah,
2: But it's always like one or two game suspensions. It's not like he's being suspended for like weeks at a time. Oh, a- and the one thing I'll refute. On that point, you said you don't want your captain being the guys in the middle of the scraps. That's exactly who the Blue Jackets have named captain every single time. Nick Foligno was the first person to go after somebody and fight someone. Same with Boone Jenner. Good point. And the when you think about it, you know sometimes the best captains are the fighting type. You know Scott Stevens was the first guy to make a controversy happen, three Stanley Cups to his name. Dustin Martin first, yeah.
0: Yeah, because uh, of the I'm sports. not high
2: on Broder like of the league's are. I, I know treasure. the wins, I know the we the wins, <laughs> and all of that is the big thing. I am so out on Broder being the best goalie in NHL history. Hot take, but there's there there's a lot to that. Um, I'm gonna write that but, segment
1: down because we need to revisit this at some point.
2: Sounds good to me, (laughs) to me, when I think of a captain, it's going to be that guy who leads you into battle and it's going to be that locker room face, the guy who brings the locker room together. And there's nobody better than that for his team, even when he wasn't the captain than Brad Marchand, Uh you know. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron was that quiet leader, lead by example on the ice, but the morale in the locker room ran right through Brad Marchand, and I think he was the perfect fit to be named captain. Have it for two to three years until he retires, and then they'll give it to Charlie McAvoy.
1: Right, I, he was the one that... I was going through other possible captains if Marchand somehow wasn't named it. McAvoy and Pasta were really the only two I could come up with in that order that I think would have... "Quote unquote," deserved that's that scene, but I I completely agree with Jason. Like I want a captain that's vocal on the ice, present on the ice, um, or at least has that kind of for lack like that leadership quality that you can't quite understand, but you know they're a leader. Like Maddie Beniers right now is I think like the best example of that. Like I don't know what it is about the kid, but that is a captain of the Seattle Kraken. I don't care who's wearing it now. He is the captain of the Seattle Kraken. I look at my team in the San Jose Sharks, and I don't see Logan Couture as a captain. I don't see anyone really on that team as a true captain, but
2: They I have guess, one. They yeah, just no, traded him.
1: Yeah, you know, but.
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah, but my my point I'm is. Cry i cry in my pillow now. Thanks, Sorry. Jason. <laughs> hey, my, my point is, like, you don't want your captain always being the guy who's heading to the box. Like, that's kind of the tough point. Like, I can speak from my point exactly of, like, a guy like Mike Richards, who's, you know, kind of always in the fight, always stirring the pot, plays hard, finds his way in the box. Did
2: he or did he not lead that team to a Stanley Cup final? He did. I mean, he also had guys like Chris Pronger. Did Claude Claude Giroux Giroux lead that team to a Cup final? And I love Claude Giroux.
0: Right. But at the end of the day, who had a better relationship with referees and that got the benefit of the doubt. Was it Mike Richards who was in the box all the time, or was it Claude Giroux who was not in the box all the time? That's kind of how I look at it. The relationship between an official and the captain
2: doesn't need to be the strongest. And that's the one thing I think that is I, so overrated I disagree. in terms of that. I
0: disagree. You need you I want your captain so... to have you have good rapport with referees because it only benefits the team. It really does. It's not like oh that shit doesn't matter. It does. Like, if a referee gets annoyed by a captain who's fucking always, always starting shit, always in the always in a fight, always head to the box for doing shit, like he's not going to give them the benefit of the doubt when there's. You know, like a brawl going on, and they're making penal- penalties, and they're going to be like, "Oh well, why should I listen to you?" While like a guy like, well, they're Coach not going to you... listen to either of them. That's the referee's decision. That's a good point. You know, it's a ref. If it's a referee's decision. But you look at a guy like Claude, who you know didn't really, you know, spend his time, you know, chucking knocks and shit. Um, oh, he knocks, chucking knocks. <laughs> uh, why wasn't just... that the name of
2: our podcast? I need, I was gonna. I was just about to say that needs to be a segment. Uh, but
0: like he write that down. Write that down. The, <laughs> then it, the referees respected him and they listened to him and you know they gave him benefits of the doubt. Uh, so that's what kind of my point of view of it. I just think
2: that's such an overrated part of the captaincy. The captaincy is supposed to be a leader. It's almost a, it's a it's a symbolism thing. And while yes, they're those are the guys who are supposed to talk to the ref. The assistant captains are allowed to talk to the ref as well. And so if, right. if you're really that worried about it, then Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy are able to go there and calm the referees down as well.
0: That's fair. I mean, calm them uh, down. I there's
1: no calming pa- NHL ca- referees yeah, 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 down. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: very like fair. Telling, that's
1: like telling an umpire to calm down.
2: <laughs> well, I, it, the difference is, is the NHL referees are allowed to be a part of the show. The umpires oh. are not supposed to be, but try to be.
0: Fair enough. I'll give you that. Give you that. But moving on, we got another captain to see the talk about. As the St. Louis Blues announced their 24th captain. They've had 24 in, captains? What the fuck? 24th captain. They've been around a while. Sneaky. Yeah, since 1967 with the Flyers and Penguins, oh, Kelly Kings. Um, but they have announced Braden Shen, former Flyers. Brain Shen as captain of the St. Louis Blues. It was kind of expected. Um, You looked at kind of their lineup. It was either him, Falk, Justin Falk. You know, Robert Thomas. Robert yeah. Thomas. The So kind of you look at Braden Shen as being the guy who is has the veteran rapport, was there when they won the Stanley Cup. You, you can look at it as though, like, You know, Brain Shen. You know, is a guy who's always in the fight. You know, isn't afraid to throw him and stand up for a teammate or what have you. And uh, you look at Shen. You know, it's kind of hard to say that he's still a top six player on that team, which it's fine. But like at the end of the day, if you're if you're captain isn't a part of your top six chances are he won't be captain for long so um i'm happy for shen i have a brayden shen jersey i was a big fan of Braden shen when he was a flyer i saw his first nhl goal which was at the winter classic between flyers and rangers um a lot of great memories i'm happy for him i'm ecstatic that chief craig berube decided to name him captain um is he he's going to in a situation where kind of like the Blue Jackets last year they greatly underachieved had expectations fell well short of them and are trying to get back to those expectations of being a team in the Western Conference that are a playoff team. What do you guys think, Adam? What are your thoughts on this one? Yes,
1: what do you think of uh... Mr.
0: Brain Shen?
1: I it was to me like kind of out of nowhere pick cuz I forgot he was even the St. Louis Blue. Um but I don't disagree with it. Um I do think he's like you said fish is going to be a I guess like a transitional captain. I don't know. It'll probably I I feel like it'll probably go to Thomas cuz I don't know who else is really there that could take that that would lead the next generation of St. Louis Blue. Nobody. Through... Exactly. Um there's one name through... I have through the, the the remainder of his time there. But, I mean, at the age... I think I saw he was, like, 32. So, he's probably only got two, maybe three more seasons in him, if that. Which is probably about how long he's going to be captain for, depending on what his contract situation is. So, I, I don't hate the move. I don't honestly view captains in that high of a regard, anyway. I, I feel like I should maybe view them a little bit higher than I do, but there's... I don't know. I feel like I've been burned by Logan Couture too much, so I just don't <laughs> care.
2: I mean, your team is the team that did name two different guys captain and just kept ripping it off of their chest every few years, depending on how bad they played with Marlowe and Thornton.
1: Hey, listen, I wasn't watching around that time, so I don't give a shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I just remember growing up, you'd be like, it's Marlowe." Two or three years go by. Nope, never mind. It's Thornton. Two or three years go by. Nope, it's Marlowe again. No, actually, it's Pavelski. Uh, then we'll give it back to Thor. And oh no, never mind.
1: Yeah, well, we'll figure that sometime. Ugh. Yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much. It's it's just a label, and I, I agree with both of you guys. Brayden Shen's a transitional captain. It's very much how I view Boone Jenner right now for the Blue Jackets. Is it's not the guy that you think it should be. Um, the Blue Jackets gave it to Boone Jenner because there was no one else left to give it to, and that's exactly what Brayden Shen is right now. But There is a name that I do have in mind that I think could take it. Well, I think Robert Thomas deserves it. Say Um,
1: say the one that we all want that can't happen.
0: Cairo? That's what I was going
2: to say. Jordan Cairo. I
1: I wanted you to say Bennington.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Uh, So I'm
2: of the opinion that goalies should be able to be captain. I mean, Roberto Luongo was the last one. Um, But – Jordan Cairo is the one guy that I could see that could be the captain because he's the one young player on that team that's going to be there long term besides Thomas. Um, you I know, think
1: of him that's a good pick. Actually, I really like that pick, I like it more than Thomas, honestly.
2: Yeah, but at the end of the day, like you're going to give it to the guy who's older and about to retire, you're going to let him have that last shining moment, especially somebody who was on the cup championship team. Um, You know, I mean, the Blue Jackets gave it to Jenner. Nobody else was on the team outside of Wierenski and they weren't giving it to Wierenski because now Adam Fantilli is on the way and they'll give it to him eventually. But when you're a team like the Blues who don't have that crop of young talent and you just sold off all of these guys, you know, O'Reilly and Tarasenko just left the organization, there's, there's no one to give it to outside of the guy who's been there the whole time. And Braden Shen's like the perfect, perfect embodiment of, I think what St. Louis blues hockey is. And that's just well-balanced, not notable names, but a lot of really solid hockey players. And I'm happy for the guy, you know, how many, how many guys get to say that they're a captain of an NHL hockey team. Um, Braden Shen now gets to be added to that list.
0: Good, good, words, Jason. I like it. I'm happy to have you on the pod, man. You're fitting in well here. We get good <laughs> co- hockey combos with you.
2: Yes, um, sir. That's what I'm here for. Yeah,
0: Ew. but um, other than that, boys, uh, any other news uh, besides obviously training camp starting? You know, right tomorrow at once this pad jobs. So today, um, you know, the season's about to start. Uh, a lot of uh teams kind of looking at the hockey Canada situation and waiting, but then again they're like, ah, why should we wait? Let's just continue to go on. Um what do you guys think of the start of season? Like I need three, it. You, you need it. Me. I need <laughs> it. You needs it. Yeah, I I think I think we're gonna I'm not speaking about as a Flyers fan because people are predicting the Flyers would be one of the top three worst teams in the league. I think there's going to be a lot of things happening, especially early in the season that no one saw coming. Like, I think some teams that are, to, are going to predict to be hot are going to struggle hard at the at the beginning of the year. I think some, there are going to be teams that are predicted to be really bad, that they're just going to, they're just going to come out hot and they're just going to show like, Hey, we're not as bad as people think we are. Um, and I just think, uh I think there's gonna be a team also who is like projected to be very, very good that's just gonna get depleted with injuries, and they're gonna be at the end of the season being like, "What the fuck happened? I thought we were a Stanley Cup contending team, like guaranteed playoff spot." And come, are you March, referring to the like, Florida Panthers? Ah, that's one of those teams. I have the Panthers missing the playoff.
2: I think they're gonna be awful. I think they're going to
0: be downright awful. I I don't think they're going to be awful. I hope they're going to be awful because we have their first round pick this year. <laughs> State, so You're biased, that would, but that would be great. I I but do I, think that the Florida Panthers are going to be miserable this year. I mean they they had an MVP caliber season from Matthew Kachuk last year, and they barely made it. So they're going to be missing their top two defensemen halfway through for most of the season. Over halfway. Like I don't think Florida's go- a team that's going to make it. We'll see, but at the, that's one of the teams that everyone's just penciling them in to be a top three team in the Atlantic. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. Like, yeah, it, in hockey, more than any other sport, including football, because I hope the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl, um, if you get to the championship. And you lose, it is like a death sentence. Like it is so bad because you have the same amount of time as the cup champions to prepare for next year. Your team is depleted with injuries, and it's just it's it's terrible, man. It's one of those things where it's one you just you can never get your foot on ground, and get traction. And it, you know, I, I think Florida misses it, which would be great for me because, you know, I would love to have, you know, a great first round pick that isn't even from us. You know,
2: hey, there's no Connor Bedard walking through that door next year. So
0: draft picks the are overrated. Yeah, that's not the point. The Ooh, draft yeah. you're not going to see till like three to four years down the line. That's why I'm happy with, you know, why we drafted Mitch Koff. It's like we can, the Flyers can wait for. A kid like Mitch Koff to come around. So that's why I'm happy about. Um I'm excited for the season. Uh you guys got any points you want to make? Uh before not, we sign off?
1: Nothing I can think of. I mean Jason, you're you're the guest. Do you got anything <laughs> you wanna close out, maybe plug? Um well I was gonna take the
2: time to give my jacket's predictions just because uh we're talking about you know new coach coming in and we're talking about standings i do think that this jackets team as a roster is underrated i think they make the wild card i really do do i think they get swept out of the first round of course i do they're not that good but i do (laughs) he's realistic everybody he's realistic. i do think this roster is talented enough and depending on how well Elvis can play. I think that they are one of the better teams in the Metro. The Metro is getting way worse. The Atlantic is still a bloodbath in my opinion. I think, I think the entire Eastern conference is getting worse, but I do think the Atlantic has a lot more deep teams. You have like Buffalo. Um, I still think Boston's really good. Everybody's really low on Boston. I think Boston's still the team to beat. Tampa's still going to be good despite, you know, if they lose Stamkos after the season or not, Toronto's still there. I think Florida misses. Detroit's no slouch. Ottawa's no slouch at this point. The Atlantic is deep. Metro, not so much. I think the Jackets could sneak in. And from there, you never know. But it all depends on one guy, and that's Elvis Merzlikens. I'll plug my Twitter. Uh, I'm yeah. easy to find. It's uh J Greenberg11. That's J G-R-E-E-N-B-E-R-G. Double one, uh, and
1: follow me for a lot of horrible, horrible Ohio sports takes and hockey takes. Hey, listen, man, you ended up on TNT. It's listen, you're you're better than all of us here. I ended up
2: on TNT <laughs> slandering my own team,
1: but it was man. well deserved
2: at the time.
0: That's fair. More <laughs> than we could say. Epic, epic. Well, um, I wanted to make a one quick point because, uh. Oh no, Paul! But By- we forgot to mention. Oh yeah, that Paul Byron's retired. Byron has retired from the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he's going to stay with the team and be uh, a player development coach. Uh, congratulations to Paul Byron. He was a fun player to watch. Hell of a hockey player, warrior. Um, good luck on retirement, buddy. Good luck with the kids. Um, yep.
2: One of the best moments of Paul Byron's career is how he ended up on Montreal was because of a highlight video of him missing breakaways. And that's how he got traded to Montreal and ended up being
0: a really solid player. Yes, big time. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening to our hockey podcast, the greatest hockey podcast in all the land on the power play. Plug our socials if you don't follow us already. That's at OTPP pod o t p p pod on instagram and twitter we also have twitch we do have it, it it's collecting cobwebs <laughs> it's there right now it's there but it's, it's not it's turned there. on
1: but it is definitely there now that's uh oh, twitch.tv slash on the power play now that baseball season's over and nhl 24 is right around the corner i forgot have a count um Content will be coming. I've got a lot of ideas. Um, See where that goes. I'm excited. As long as I get the time and the energy, boys, twitch.tv slash on the power play is going to come
0: back hopefully strong and just as good. Love to see you, buddy. And if you guys are on our socials, go to our website, because we have a beautiful merch store filled with all the fall and winter needs, sweatshirts, sweatpants, T-shirts, blankets, coffee cups. You name it. it. We got it. Help us out because we appreciate it. And thank you for listening to On the Power Play. And as Bing would say, we out.